Hello and welcome to Manga Splinning, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by me, Deb Aoki, along with David Brothers, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. Well, now, after dipping our toes into the worlds of boys' love with BL Metamorphosis, and then jumping into the lovely, warm fuzzies of our dining table, we're going straight down a dark alley called Birds of Shangri-La by Ron Marozaria from Sublime Manga. This is unadulterated, or maybe adulterated, boys' love. <laughs> and it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say, because this, this spicy little nugget is going to be quite the little journey. First of all, this is this is mature. This is a mature episode, right? Like this we don't is have a to mature be like, episode. Yeah. Oh, and then his bum bum. Like we don't have to be like. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm gonna edit that in now that you said it. But yeah. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> As per usual, rather than me trying to sum up the book, let me read what the description is from the Sublime Manga website. A paradise of sensuality. Shangri La is a male brothel celebrating the glories of gay sex. Newly hired Apollo is in charge of getting the men ready for clients, but as a straight man, he's a bit naive. Fai, who is one of the brothel's most sought-after prostitutes, is tasked with getting him up to speed, but not before toying with him a bit. Too bad the rules of the brothel are clear. No orgasms, no penetration, and no falling in love. Yeah. So... (laughs) It's Ron Rosaria draws a very, I guess, very sensual boys love manga. But from the very first page, you kind of know what you're in for. The very first panel. Okay, let's just say it because this is a, a grown up episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you basically see this backside and there's fluids. Backside <laughs> and fluids. <laughs> that works. Setting a tone. <laughs> and then you're just coming. Oh, it's that kind of boys love manga. Yeah, it's manly love manga, maybe. <laughs> oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Who should I put on the spot first? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I'll do Chris because why not? Mm. <laughs> well, do you want to know what I thought, or do you want me to reiterate that the first panel of the book is a man's asshole with cum looking at it? Because I'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever way you want to start <laughs> i don't i can't think of anything that sets the tone better than simply describing the first panel of the book and letting people go from there there is so much going on in this book that like you can definitely read it on a level that's just like pure smut it's pure smut but also and also there's just like they are digging into like the ethics and morality of sex work and they come out on the right side of that and of like gay relationships and they come out on the right side of that and of like like prostitution and like teenage runaways and like all this stuff that could easily just be like window dressing for the porn but they seem determined the author themes seems determined to just keep digging into these ideas and i think that that's like the weirdest most fascinating and interesting part of the whole book I think it is a hell of a BL manga for those of us who have maybe mostly read softer things. It does still have the trappings and conventions of BL that I found in my reading of it. And the biggest thing 
is what isn't very big, and that is the dicks. <laughs> I am used to reading gay manga now, and let's just say it's very dick forward. <laughs> gay manga will draw the whole dick. It will be huge. They will put like one tiny little black bar over the frenulum to like be like, oh, it's censored now. Please don't arrest us. <laughs> Technically an accent mark. <laughs> yeah, like yes. yeah, it's it's like a check mark over the dick. <laughs> Whereas in this, like, especially in volume two, there's a full on panel of filing on the bed and he just doesn't seem to have one. So that's like the one thing was like it's dirty and raunchy and like erotic and intense, but the absence of dick is like, oh, it's a BL manga. It's not a gay manga, <laughs> despite all the all the other stuff. And so that was like, yeah, I, I th- there's there's a lot here to to dig it's, into. I'm, I'm so fascinated. To see I, well, I sorry, I, I know we should just be taking turns, but okay. So like when I was reading this, I my assumption was just, oh, they can't show dicks. Like legally, they can't. Mm. And that's why they're not here. But you're saying that. They could have shown a lot more, and they made a choice not to. It's a really complicated situation, and we could be here for most of the episode. <laughs> but let's just say it is technically illegal in manga to show like an erect penis, especially in a sexual situation. And there's different levels of censorship of erect penises that happens in in manga to cover this. Anything from you know, some people say, oh, I put a black bar or two over the penis and now it's censored to a full on mosaic effect, like a blurring effect to simply drawing around it. So there's a couple of instances where you get like a, uh, just screen tone is the shape of the dick or the li- or the absence of screen tone is the shape of the dick, the lightsaber, <laughs> or you get like an outline. And so it's I think that this ran in a commercial BL magazine, which is still a very small readership compared to, you know, like a bigger magazine or a bigger manga magazine. But I think BL has different kinds of eyes on it than gay manga does. Gay manga tends to be published almost exclusively independently and only distributed in gay spaces. Whereas BL mangas, you could, you could find BL manga magazines on newsstands at the bigger bookstores and magazine stores. So I think it's just everyone wants to do as much as they can get away with in North America, I'm going to be honest, readers are hungry for that peen. They want to see it on the page. Mm. They want all the censorship removed. They want no mosaics or whatever. But sometimes the authors don't draw it in Japan. So if you remove that mosaic, there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, just a that's... thumbnail of it. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just more mosaic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in yeah. some cases, like with, with some of the scans, I've heard of this, and I've never seen this in myself, but... I've heard that some the, the scanlations will draw in the dicks themselves. That's yeah, totally yeah. A thing in straight porn too. Uh, do they really? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. So going back to the, uh, sorry, I should I should just preface yeah. that because what David's saying is true. Going back to the earliest stuff that Eros was doing when it was Fanagraphics's porn line of doing manga porn in translation, manga erotica, whatever you want to call it. People that were doing retouch at that time. You know, there were letterers, there were retouch artists to change the Japanese sound effects in English, but there were also retouch artists that would go in and redraw all the parts that had to be removed or that weren't drawn in the original Japanese. So oftentimes the earliest gay, or not your earliest gay, or gay porn, but actually, yeah, but the earliest porn manga, the earliest erotic manga that was coming into North America was dirtier in every way <laughs> than the Japanese manga. And sometimes you could get the manga kind of go back and redraw the all the bits that had been taken out or obfuscated, but 
sometimes you just had to hire somebody who was really good at drawing wieners <laughs> and duas. And and yet I didn't get the job. Yeah, you, you were, were too probably too young, <laughs> thankfully. I was too young, yeah. <laughs> Not to derail too much, but I'm always fascinated with the censorship of Dick, having worked on sex criminals. Ah, because yeah. I, I, I've... I mean, Russia, frankly, was quite an interesting example because I think the first volume, when it came out there, it wasn't censored. And volume two, it was lightly censored. By volume three, it was heavily censored. Right? There was such mm-hmm. a change mm-hmm. in the the government kind of crackdown on that kind of stuff just over the period of those volumes. Yeah. Wow. Like to see it, to see it kind of being eroded almost in real time through our uh, dirty comic was pretty pretty scary yeah uh, on the flip side one of my favorite edits was korean version where because uh, <laughs> we always get an email saying like are you okay with this mm-hmm. and so we got one saying are you okay with this and i, I opened it up and it was so lightly pixelated <laughs> like it did nothing like you <laughs> wouldn't, on a glance you wouldn't even be able to tell and i was like this is actually so funny I considered yeah. doing that to our own version. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's just like, it. it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. One could argue the little black bar on a dick does nothing too, so. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll find that out on Dick Fight Island gear, listeners, <laughs> so get ready for that. Yeah, I'm assuming with the title Dick Fight Island, if they didn't show dick, there would be like books being thrown out windows (laughs) 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 sorry i i really uh took away from chris commenting so no no i was actually pretty much at the end it's not just russia or korea for that matter or japan like i've bought books in a past life i bought a lot of risque books to bring back to the beguiling for sale i think they have still got a bunch of them so if you're interested readers but i would get different uh, printings of the same titles mm. and they would have different levels of censorship based on basically you send your files to the printer with a certain level of censorship and the printer goes i don't know i don't know if we can do this one you guys you got to make the sensor bars a little bigger this time so i have ones that are uncensored that somehow they just found a printer who was like having a good time that day some that are and then a new printing will be censored or more censored or less censored it's it's all over the place and it really makes it clear how ridiculous that kind of censorship is. Like who, what are you protecting people from? Like, what do you, what do you think you're doing here? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yeah. just keeping their jobs. Right. Yeah. Covering anyway, their asses. Yeah. There, and there's, and there's a lot of that. That's the, that's the plot of the second book. Everyone has to cover <laughs> their asses, even though they know things are okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Man, I'm glad we covered all the dick stuff up front. Now we don't have to mention it for the rest of the episode. I mean, I'm, I'm, a bet. I'm still going to mention it. <laughs> yeah, I've got a long list of synonyms I got to get through tonight. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I find it interesting that you talked about how, you know, they tackled all these topics and, you know, were kind of, you know, firmly on the right side of those topics. And I'm like, well, of course they were. Like, this is such a fantasy world that they've created. Like, mm-hmm. like it's this, it's this perfect brothel where just you can stay as long as you are uh, into it, and every need is taken care of. Like, I even found like the kind of the traumatic backstory parts almost like fantasy sanitized a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was early on, and I don't know if it was early on. I got a screen grab of like, I, I forget if it's uh, Fi Fee Fi Fee Fi talking yeah. about it. 
where he's like, actually, yo, I, I think it was actually faux fum, yo. <laughs> I quit. I'm out. <laughs> You're out. We're all out. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's very late here. Uh, no, I, I understand. It, it's actually manga explaining after dark. It's uh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> it is. It totally is. <laughs> But he says, like, you're straight, right? I'm surprised you took the job. And then it's like the flashback panel where he's like, some straight guys caught me fucking in an alley and they called me gross. Since then, I've never wanted to be around them. I'm like, that's like the sanitized version of like yeah. straight guys seeing two men fucking in an alley. Because it's like, mm-hmm. they yeah. called me gross. Is like yeah. the lightest kind of version of, of that level of trauma. So I'm like, I'm like, great. Like, I'm actually glad that it didn't get like, you know, obviously, you know, his, his the childhood um, sexual exploitation stuff is is darker, but mm-hmm. the instances like the previous one, I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of glad that it's not like, you know, trauma porn. I don't even know what you would call it, porn trauma porn. Yeah, yeah. A cheap holiday in someone else's misery. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, the the kind of the fantasy of the book really helps with staying on the, you know, quote unquote right side of things. Mm-hmm. But I got to talk about Dick. I was, I was, I, I kind of, I realized something about myself <laughs> reading this book. Oh my. Which is that, which is that, you know, if I'm going to be turned on by uh, gay stuff, I need Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. So it didn't turn uh, you I'm on saying at all? It, I'm, I mean, it did, but like, but like when the sex scenes will start getting going, I'm just like, oh, I kind of, oh, ah, mm. like there was there was a frustration there, especially when it was like, like uh, him about to go down on like what looked like a, a transparent piece of Jello. Yeah, yeah, you know stuff like that where it's just like it was just so obvious. Like maybe if it was just like if you just never even saw that kind of stuff, like the weird kind of like outlines, then uh, I might be able to go with it. But I found. I found the lack of dick pulled me out of the story. Mm-hmm. And by story, I mean my er- uh, erotic levels. <laughs> oh. So levels yeah. Levels was the grossest possible word to choose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll never disappoint you, David. <laughs> I guess it's your uh, turn, David, now. <laughs> yeah. I also have dick observations, I guess. All right. No, I kind of similar to chip this was almost not as dirty as i was expecting or mm. expecting is almost the wrong word maybe looking forward to like this is like the, yeah. the smut salvo and it's definitely dirty like don't get me wrong but it's dirty in a way that's not my kink so it doesn't actually feel dirty in some ways yeah. mm. does that make sense it's sort of like i can does. recognize that this is a thing but because it doesn't turn me on personally, it doesn't feel as like dangerous if I saw it in a different book. Yeah, well, yeah, like I get exactly what you mean. Like if like if it was a comic about like ladies' feet, and I don't have yeah. that fetish, then it's not dirty. Exactly. But it's dirty <laughs> if it's like my fetish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't make you feel away, it's not for. Yeah, it's not the thing. But for yeah. me personally, the ladies' feet, every toe has to be a dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, you showed oh, me I'm just not yeah. into it. <laughs> oh, <There you> boy. <laughs> but it was, I like that it kind of has the same, a similar setup as Black Lagoon, where like mm. the straight laced, like very focused businessman kind of loses it and joins sort of an outlaw crew for a little while with a tattooed, mm-hmm. very sexy 
but also history of trauma, like, like secondary character. Mm-hmm. But there's, I feel like there might be too many characters in this, or maybe it's just like a long running series thing where I, there's only pretty much just the boss, Apollo and fee for me in terms of characters mm-hmm. who I could tell you something about. The others are just kind of, you know, like the the chorus of the book or something like that. Like, you know, mm. oh, a straight guy, straight guys here. Let's all find the straight guy, which is great, yeah. by the way. It's super yeah. funny. But there's <laughs> no like texture there for me to grab onto either, because that's another thing. Mm. Like, like Chip learning things about myself. Like, I need like a little bit of plot with my porn. And mm. this plot was actually kind of hard to buy into because it was such a fantasy. Because mm. if you have to hire someone to turn on the people in your brothel, a straight guy is the last guy I would go for. Like it, no, because if you're, it's all about not fi- falling in love or getting attached. That made perfect sense within the fantasy context for me. It's like if you don't want people like so into it that they just start banging and you end up like ruining all of your prostitutes because yeah. they're they're done before they get to the customers. It kind of like, sure, that makes sense in the text of the, if you, as soon as you think about it, it's out of the text of the world. Yeah. You're totally right. But within the confines of the book that, that didn't necessarily bother me, I guess. I think uh, they mentioned it before they established like the, the greater fantasy the rules. Let's say. Mm. Yeah. So I was like this, there's no expertise here. <laughs> it's like hiring an amateur. Come on. So he seemed to know what he was doing almost right away. Like that, yeah, that's I found when I started that, getting clued in. Yeah. Yeah. I found, I found that really interesting. The fact that like, he's like, okay, this is the job I've got. I'm just going to like get this finger in this guy's asshole. Like right away. But, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure if I want him sucking my dick. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels, it feels a little, Maybe. it feels a little yeah. reversed. It's like, you know, there's the, you know, there's the married dudes who are just like totally fine getting their dick sucked. But like, oh my God, you want me to lie down with this guy and lube up my fingers and get inside of him? No. Yeah. So it's almost like yeah. this weird moral dilemma that uh, took me out a little bit, but I, I did like it. And I think that yeah. the, I love the part where the guy's like, yeah, if you don't like your job, just leave. Like this isn't, isn't that kind of place. You know, we're not going to yeah. keep you here to do a thing. I thought that was really interesting. Question. Did you read just volume one? Uh, just volume one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I kept going to volume two because Deb said the, the plot kind of uh, yeah. deepens, thickens, whatever you want to <laughs> And yeah, like, like a, a volume two felt less about volume two was about the romance, less about the sex, and more about like the mystery of like, that sounds more past. my alley. Because I yeah, think I like think, the hottest yeah. part. Yeah. What, <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. We're it's like dancing down a it. minefield. But the <laughs> most difficult part. No, what was, what was I even trying to say? The hottest part was when yeah. he turns out the lights. Uh, halfway through, yeah, like, that was in, really like, good. Second chapter, yeah, like great moment. There's mm-hmm. something else like later on. I think when he grabs Fee's arm, that was pretty good. It's like there are parts where I can kind of see it, yeah. But I think the execution wasn't what I'm trained to see as hot. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was also interesting. Was comparing this to the normal amount of porn manga that I've read as a young man, because <laughs> the like conventions are similar but completely different like this is way less fluid focused let's say than a lot of straight yeah i've read despite the opening panel yeah Yeah. that's why i was it's just a a lot of really small surprises reading this book like oh like putting things into place in my head oh Mm. it's funny that it's funny that first panel is just like 
it's like not that it's tricking you, but it's just like it's like all right, be prepared yeah. for anything here. And then it's like, oh, it never actually gets as kind of extreme as the first panel. Yeah. With the, the foursomes weren't extreme. It does keep going. Like <laughs> like that first chapter is kind of over the top. The foursomes, as Deb says. Yeah, but it's a fun over the top. Yeah, but even then, the yeah. foursomes aren't as extreme because they're less specific. It's like a bunch of guys mm. kind of in a pile or in a configuration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, configuration a yeah. pile. But the first panel is very intimate. It's like a thing happened here. It was you know very recently, and here is the aftermath. While the other thing is yeah. more like sensual, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's like sports. It, the Olympics. <laughs> it starts with that scene, and then like the narration is sets up the tone too. Like says, you know, lips are made for lying. People mm. learn to lie just by living. You know, mm. hands but are terrible liars. If you pay close attention, you'll find hints of their past. So basically, it sets up both layers of the book, which is mm. that it's yeah the dichotomy. You're gonna get this, you know, sex stuff, but you're also gonna get this mystery that's gonna unfold, like lies and. Um, secrets of people's past. Like if I just read volume one, I think I wouldn't be as intrigued by this book. But volume two is when it says like, oh, there's this mystery that's unfolding. Mm -hmm. I started to appreciate why these two characters would be in, would be attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I didn't like, but you know, like, so like, like David was saying that there's these other, these other characters other than the owner and the, you know, by an Apollo, they seem like incidental, like the lawyer who is Apollo's lawyer mm -hmm. and Karna, who <laughs> is like the cool. other prostitute. But they basically act as, oh, here's how I see that person that you don't see. Here's mm -hmm. how I see that person you don't see. So they're basically expository mm -hmm. backstory carriers. Yeah. Like the, like the lawyer goes, oh, well, you don't know what Apollo's really like. And then the Karna mm -hmm. like tells tells the Paul's like, well, you don't know what, what Pi's really like, and here's what he's been through. So mm -hmm. they basically act to move the story forward, but and then in volume two, we meet the owner's longtime boyfriend. Partner? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they, I, I think like, then Apollo, who basically has this thing where he, he comes to the island because he was married before, but he basically beat his wife's lover to a pulp <laughs> and mm -hmm. is facing... Yeah serious charges so they all have secrets and then so the like the lawyer guy explains like oh well apollo has this hole in his heart because he 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 was married and he really loved his wife but then his wife betrayed him and now he, he's that's why he's so expressionless and then you know by and it's like i went through all that too right so it's kind of like oh they're they're two broken people who are finding each other well, i hope he can be convinced to love again <laughs> I hope so. Or at least too. love Dick, eh? Yeah. I I do think it's really interesting because they did hold up this gay relationship that's been going on for like twenty years as an example of a really good relationship against both a gay relationship like that was messy and shitty and abusive in the end, where it was Fi and his like teen pimp when he was a kid, and then also like Apollo's wife cheating on him and that whole thing. It's like, oh, the, the, the solid relationship in this book is between the brothel owner and his longtime lover. They've been together forever and they're solid as a rock <laughs> and everything else is like, 
I thought that that was like, you can have queer messy stuff and also like queer, like aspirational stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be either or. And it's again, like one of the things that this book holds up and is just like, ah, ah, challenging your perceptions, aren't I? <laughs> well, then like just going, you know, and, and showing dead bodies. Like it's, 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 it's all over the place. Yeah. Qu- quick vibe check. Did we all read the owner's voice as a Ricardo Montalban <laughs> in Fantasy Island? Or was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've- no, I, I, I will. <laughs> I, I just read it as yeah. yours. Chris? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Hello, and welcome to Shangri-La. <laughs> 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 okay, you got me back. <laughs> oh man. Oh holy shit. We're in trouble. Oh, We're in trouble. <laughs> oh my uh, god, David. I think I'm gonna get oh, Chris fuck. kicked out of his hotel room. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so loud. I'm gonna get a knock if I get a knock, leave it in. Yeah. Leave it in. Yeah. I have a question about the fantasy world and the kind of like the way they keep nudging the reader a little bit. The the lawyer, the college friend character, kind of clued me in that this was a fantasy like Chip was talking about, because mm-hmm. he was so cool with everything in a way that I don't think I've seen in fiction before. Because mm-hmm. I read a lot of like crime fiction, kind of sort of superheroes, things that are vaguely oh. based in real life. So like homophobia is a thing, even if it's not like the mm-hmm. focus, it's sort of like background radiation, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And so for to have a scene where this guy's college friend who usually represents an earlier, more primitive version of a character comes and is like, oh yeah, this is totally just what we used to do all the time. I'm totally comfortable here. It felt really mm. fascinating and like not pointed because I don't think it's intended to be pointed, but it stood out to me as someone who doesn't usually read like smut mm. as like a storytelling tool. The character who's there and not participate. Uh, he's the he's the pizza guy, or the Luke Butler. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, totally is. Terminology. <laughs> yeah, he's there and he's there to make everybody else feel good and comfortable, but is not participating. And that's like, well, I I I, I want to make sure that we got all of Deb's thoughts out of the way before oh, yeah. I just start pontificating oh, yeah. about shit because we have all given quite a bit of info. But other than Deb, other than the the second volume really hooking you from the story perspective more, what was it about Birds of paradise or birds of shangri-la sorry when you read it you were like this is the one i want to make everybody read is like the first real smutty manga is it just like the it just how smutty it was or was there something else to it well i thought it had more plot than the average smutty mm. bl like it had this murder mystery kind of thing to it it had this mm-hmm. you know characters that you normally wouldn't expect to have chemistry do have chemistry there was mm-hmm. a lot of things about you know people who have traumatic pass. And I thought the art was nice. I mean, I've I've suffered through lots of really horrible <laughs> BL art where the characters are expressionless or the anatomy drawing is terrible or the way they set the mood is very minimal. So I thought the drawing mm-hmm. was interesting. I thought the plot was a little bit more than expected. Like I like there's a bunch of BL that and BL does tend to be formulaic where you see, oh, I can see the ending coming a mile away, right? This one, I don't know how it's going to end. We're only up to volume two, so I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end. Oh, so uh, mm-hmm. you've only read that much as well? No, that's all that's out. Huh. Oh, this is like hot off the presses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Volume two just came out. 
cool. just, I think just last week or something, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm on the cutting edge of BL yeah. smut. <laughs> she's, and she's done very interesting BL, right? Like I think her other one is Coyote, which is like a, a human and a werewolf. Oh, that was her? Yeah. Oh. The industry went crazy over it. Well, the fandom went crazy over that when it came out. So that's oh. also from Sublime. So I thought, you know, she did interesting, different BL and that, you know, it doesn't have like some BL, like the characters' faces look exactly the same, except one has dark hair and one has light hair. She did interesting things, and like she does some nice scenes. Like there's an opening of one scene where they're diving into the pool, and the art I think is interesting, better better than the average formulaic BL. So I thought, oh, this would be an interesting way to get into this. Although you know, probably Cherry Magic would have been more funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I still might spring that on you, but. But I didn't expect Chip to pick Dick Fight Island after this. But I think, though, after reading this, you'll appreciate how incredibly hilarious Dick Fight Island is. All right. So All right. So I think at least then you'll kind of like see like some of the some of the formula that's in like, you know, like some of the BL tropes are here, like straight guy, gay, you know, gay guy and straight guy gets comes over to the other side because the gay guy mm. is just that good in bed. That's one of them. I feel like two characters make that joke in this book, too. They do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of a wink-wink She's here. really aware. Yeah. 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 Of, of the tropes. I, there's, there's so many things in this that are tropey that she's talking about the tropes, and she's like sidestepping them as a mangaka in a really interesting way to me. Because I wonder if it's still hitting the buttons that it needs to hit for the, the readership, right? Like, they want something out of this book obviously uh, this predominantly female readership wants something out of this book and if it's if it is playing with the tropes and staying away from them is it giving those readers what they want i think it still has a lot of sizzle i feel but listening yeah, to you sure. guys talk i feel like it's very squarely in female gaze land i have a question mm. about that actually <laughs> so i'm not sure if this is female gaze or not but i noticed that there weren't any traditionally tough guys let's say it's sort of a brothel of just soft boys. And yeah. even the edgiest of them is still very much a soft boy. Is that yeah, like yeah. a genre thing? Or is that more of this story kind of playing with those, that, that kind of trope? I, I, I found it really interesting. The fact that like, yeah, the, the straight guy that showed up, everyone was like, he's tall and his hands are big. Like this is just like, Oh, what a variation <laughs> yeah. on oh, what's here already. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed that too. I'm just like, I would have killed them to have like, like one bear in there, but right, I, yeah, I yeah, guess like, it's a specific thing. That's why this guy isn't me because it's like I'm gonna have a brothel with like 50 dudes, but they're all gonna have the same body type. Like, fuck off. Yeah, like come on. Uh, <laughs> Nobody has off. facial hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Deb. You should yeah, yeah. answer David's question. I'm really curious as well. Hmm? Oh, David, would you restate the question? We've we've gone oh, yeah. away. So the question yeah. is sort of the. Focus on soft boys, let's say. Is that a product of the genre or is that just this story? I think that's a I think that's a BL thing where it's like there are some like you're gonna see different flavors of BL, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like mm-hmm. there are different flavors of pasta. Like sometimes you get the spicy, <laughs> sometimes you get the cream sauce. You know? Yeah. Oh, the cream sauce. Sometimes you get we have to bleach you know, so the... much of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so like people have because there's been so much BL, you can find the, the flavor that you like. Because some people, mm. and they'll, 
you know, like there's semi de uki, right? Which is the top, the bottom. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's the younger top and then the older bottom. And sometimes it's the other way. And sometimes it's the, the more masculine top and the more feminine bottom and vice versa. So mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very, very manly guys. And I've seen like BL where the guys are so buff, they basically have man boobs. You know? Oh, dragon's yeah. crown. Love it. So there's all whatever your whatever your kink is whatever your whatever you decide you like there is a BL for you like this one for example I think is uh you know like if you compare to our dining table right both of those guys are very thin and wispy very emo mm-hmm. yeah whereas this one it's like um like Apollo like you know there's that scene where he has his shirt off and it was like ooh six pack you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a little bit. He's more. There's more of an emphasis on you know he's built right, but yeah. you never yeah. see like you never see like the Gengo to to Tagame type like bears, like even the clients yeah. are not bears <laughs> for a gay yeah. brothel, mm. right? So mm. it, like um, she makes this, she draws this type of person, and if you like that type of male character in your BL. She is here mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> Does that make sense? I, like I think um, yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And is this your? Is this the type of smutty uh, guys that you're interested in? Like, like is that partially why this is your pick, or is this like? Can you just like appreciate these gentlemen? But it's it's it's, it's not my particular yeah. favorite type i mean like right now i'm i'm an older woman so i like older guys (laughs) Mm. but there ain't much of that out there in bl land (laughs) yeah except (laughs) because we've talked so much about the cooler older people in manga both Mm. men and women i assume there had to be like cool old guy bl oh there is there is there is okay it's just not in much not much translated Ah. Yeah, Oyaji BL is is definitely a thing, like sophisticated older dude kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of that in, yeah. Natsume Ono did some of that that was really good. And like her lighter, technically not BL, but like Seinen, but alternative manga, Gente or Ristorante Paradiso. By the way, I'm in Italy right now, and so I'm <laughs> pronouncing everything correctly. How do you say go to hell in Italian? Molto bene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could ask Andrew and he would know. But yeah, that that does exist for sure. And there's a, and there's lots of other artists too. But she was kind of groundbreaking in that regard by doing like the sexy older dude wearing glasses who was like the maitre d' of a restaurant kind of a hotness kind yeah. of a thing. And the gay field too, there's like quite a bit of older like bear, but also not even bear manga with, with, with older dudes. And it's, yeah, it's really fascinating dipping my toes into BL, like to see that like the body types are really similar from book to book. And it's really a lot of the time, how well can the artist actually draw the thing that they want to draw yeah. as opposed to, <laughs> am I trying to draw this specific thing? But I think I will say sublime does tend to pick stuff that is actually pretty exceptionally well-drawn everything in that line. You can't really pick a book where you look at it and go, I don't quite understand why this is this drawn this way. It's all pretty solid anatomy, even with, you know, there's obviously mistakes in this and there's obviously like little bits that aren't quite right, but it's pretty, and you know, not just the absence of dicks, but it's like, it's pretty solid all, all around. And it's like at least consistent enough to keep the fantasy going, which is, I think a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I wanted to ask about, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't want to ask that yet. 
I did want to say that the lead, Phi, not Apollo, reminded me like 100% of Ash from Banana Fish. They have the same like, I'm a street tough now, but that still means being like a skinny looking, like slightly muscly dude in his like early 20s who's dealing with a naive straight guy who has feelings he can't deal with. Like Banana Fish is like a proto-BL. He has like the childhood sex trauma stuff. He has all kinds of things. And this character seems exactly like that, especially in like when you realize how much more crime there was and how much more sort of tied to like nefarious stuff he was. And like, I think that might be, a, that might be the, the the strongest genre convention is that Banana Fish was this like huge formative work that came out in the eighties that was like, really in like set the tone for a lot of stuff. And so the fact is that he's the roughest guy in that book, despite the fact that he's not as big as Apollo and he's still just like Ash, like sort of Ash. like, like if he has a gun in a later volume, I'm not gonna be surprised because Ash would carry around a gun sometimes. So yeah, is I read he... mm, half about banana fish and it was just like, he, he just gives me the vibe for sure. I haven't read banana fish, but is it sort of an evolution of like the James Dean kind of archetype, like the cool young uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because I think that reflects through a bunch of other genres differently, too. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's very specific because it's it's that same sort of sexuality, but it's definitely like he's playing, he ends up as the, he's the leader of a gang, but he's working underneath like the actual mafia. So he's like the pretty boy who is the mafia's fav- mafia Don's favorite sort of a thing in Banana yeah. Fish. And there's some of that here as well, where he's the favorite of the boss, except you know, the boss at the resort is obviously much better yeah. than the mafia <laughs> talk. There's, there's stuff. It's there. interesting, the, the, like the James Dean comparison, because here he's a rebel without a cock. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chips and Arsky. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were recording the best of Manga Splain, so apparently we're all doing real well. <laughs> Deb and Christopher, can you Tell us about Yowie Hands. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I feel Chris. like Chip might get a kick out of that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I cannot remember what Yowie Hands are, but I n- think I know. Uh, tell me about Yowie Hands, David. So, what I noticed, what prompted this question was on page 22 after Fee's fantastic intro when they're kind of shaking hands the same hand which is not right they both have very large hands and very long fingers which Mm -hmm. maybe i'm wrong but i seem to recall being like a specific trope of like the boys love and yaoi genre it it, it definitely is traditionally it's kind of like german shepherd puppies okay it's like when you get Mm -hmm. like get a puppy and you go like damn look at those paws that 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 dog's gonna grow up be really big right (laughs) so apparently big hands are like if big hands equals big dick uh, or, wiener, or like or the better to hold two dicks together with a big hand right <laughs> that's true that spoilers for volume three maybe maybe <laughs> but it's, it's just kind of like one i i've always kind of wondered about that because i've seen like some meowy some meowy where the artist draws the hand so big it's almost comical like it's, yeah. it's almost <laughs> bizarre and then at the same time, you know, like you think about Marshall, right? Who was just for years tormented by, I think it was uh, tiny, ha- tiny hand vulgarian, something like that. Like, <laughs> like there was spy magazine called him that. So that's, to, to, 
for years he was just tormented by the taunt that he had tiny hands. Yeah. That apparently tiny I think large hands is a sign of manliness. <laughs> hmm. And they comment on it, but I think it's in the text too. It's like Yeah, you can't uh... <laughs> Oh, look at those hands, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, those are really long fingers, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they're long, nice. long, and, long and skinny. Unfortunately, um, you know what I'm saying. That so you can't show dicks, right? Like that's what we're all talking about. Yeah. So what are you going to put into the bumps? And the answer is, well, you need something that's the dick substitute. And so that's why, like, there's so many close-ups of fingers going into and out of by mostly, but other people as well, because mm-hmm. if you can't show the actual thing you need to stand in. And so now every time you see somebody's hands on the page, it's a, oh, oh, it's like they're showing, you know, it's yeah. it's that thing. I think that that's a big part of it from my understanding. I thought that's where you were going, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Because uh, also I've seen a lot of BL and Yowie where the author can't draw hands, <laughs> like can't draw hands to save their life. And it's a problem of, it's not a problem, but it's like a symptom of coming up out of a fandom dominated space. Like, we got to be honest, like Yahweh and BL has always fought for legitimacy. It's always fought for, and it's, it's arrived now, but like it came out of fanzines. It came out of the Japanese equivalent of slash fiction of like making your own comics with famous characters and hands are just hard to draw. if You're not a trained artist. Like hands are hard to draw if you are a trained artist. <laughs> so yeah, it just, it's like dropping the backgrounds to create a poignant moment. But then if you drop the backgrounds all the time, it's because you can't draw backgrounds. And like, where does my inability start and the genre convention stop, you know, like that kind of thing. So hands are part of that. Necks actually really long necks on characters in BL is absolutely a thing. And it again is like erotic somehow. I don't, I think it's where the, the genre kind of loses me sometimes. It's just like, there's these things that people expect when they go into BL and I'm, I don't get it, but this has, so little of that or calls attention to it by saying, Oh, and what big hands he has. And everyone's like tittering around. Can't wait to see his erect, you know, jump. Excellent. Uh, and I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Speaking, speaking of the, the hands, I really, really like the transparent effect to see the, the fingers going in the butt. Yeah. That's oh, really yeah. good. Like the, like the, the first instance is like when he's given, being given the tour and there's a couple in the, in the shower and it's just like, first of all, the sound effect of the finger going in is, uh, slip, <laughs> which I love, but it's like it, it, it. But the transparency was such that you see the the finger through the the buttock, and then you also see another layer of the finger entering through uh, the mm. anus. And yeah, yeah, you see it from inside. I really appreciated that detail. And that's an anti censorship mm. thing, right? It's a way to like they. It's sort of they said we can't show the part. But we, they didn't say we couldn't show the before and the after the part kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you show a cutaway or you show an inside, then it's not the thing. And that's, yeah, it's another, it's amazing how far fuck technology has come in BL comics. Like they've just <laughs> got it down. They're like exactly what can and can't we show? And they'll show it up to like up to that line. Yeah. They'll invent new stuff. It's the x-ray cutaway of someone punching, you know, like a Tony job punching somebody and breaking his bones. <laughs> it's that, but with fingers in an asshole and it's perfect. It's, yeah. it's the best. And that kind of ties back to Chip's observation about the censorship earlier, how, and also what Christopher was saying, how some things Sometimes you get big junk, sometimes you get small junk, and it's censored differently. And I think it's both like government standards and target audience. Because if you're mostly looking for guys like this in a manga, you probably don't want like a 
big honking dong, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Has yeah. anyone ever said big honking dong, so to speak? No, because this I, is this is a episode of first. Yeah. yeah. In a lot of porn, it's sort of there's like an edge of threat with it. It's like a little bit dangerous, but this isn't mm-hmm. really a it's not that kind of a dangerous manga necessarily. Yeah. I mean and I, Yeah, there's sometimes there's in some of the Korean yell that I've read, there's always this this, this subtext of like the top has such a big thing that the bottom is like, oh my god, this monster, how am I gonna deal with it, right? I'm gonna black yeah. I'm gonna black out. So there's not n- that doesn't happen here in this one. So if that's your kink, ladies, Birds of Shangri-La is not for you. However, if you're, if you're into the proctology exam, it is. Yeah, a lot of fingers in this one. Yeah. I liked in this book how we talked a little bit when we were introducing BL to Chip. We talked a little bit about how BL exists and it's created by women for women. And because gender sort of goes out the window, women can project themselves onto any of the characters or any of the pairings. And so there's a lot of really interesting stuff around that where it's like this person who is really curious and interested, but has their heart broken and is like reticent, but is like still, you know, can't help but be turned on versus the other character who is just like very sexually aggressive. Also, you know, kind of had a messed up whatever, but is still, you know, sexually present in there. And you can just be either character without any sort of worry about societal roles like that are being put, imposed on you as a woman is interesting, but there's, you know, of the folks who are reading it, three of us are dudes. I'm really curious. Did you, were, were you guys able to project yourself onto any either character at all? Or, or did they both, were they both too fantasy? Was one too aggressive? One was too reticent and it didn't I mean like, what were you able to project yourself the way that we talk about women projecting themselves into BL roles? Uh, I feel like David's the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> totally cool with it. Just coming through to say, hey, this is great. Congrats, buddy. All right. I'll catch you later. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I think I. That's what he said. Um, <laughs> I don't think I. No, and, and sorry, it's a very intimate. One. Yeah. No, it's a good question. It's I'm a very intimate to question. If I put myself into those positions. I think the places where I projected myself were almost more the relationship aspects more than the sexual aspects. Like mm. the dishonesty really bothered me, I think mm-hmm. in the marriage beforehand. But then also the way that he kept kind of needling Apollo about the marriage. It's like, dude, leave yeah. it alone. Like, come on. Yeah. So it was definitely kind of more of a, not voyeuristic, but that's the only word I can think of right now. Kind of a voyeuristic thing for me. Mm-hmm. But an interesting one, like the dilemmas and things were fascinating. Yeah. I'm a total fee. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Except, except I'm not a bottom. <laughs> That's the only difference, really. Yeah. I know, Chris, you keep but, insisting I am, but... <laughs> I have no comment on that. But uh, based on my, my 20s, uh, giving a few things a shot, I'm just like, eh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a top. But I am very fierce. <laughs> nice. Mm. It's uh, interesting because he's like such a power bottom in this too, mm-hmm. that it's like, wow, they're just playing with every, like reluctant, reluctant top, you know, aggressive bottom, like all of the things, like she seems to be like turning them on their sides a little bit. 
and for the for the record, I looked at it and it was just like I didn't really see. I saw my experiences in like the boss's husband, who's like kind of doing his own thing and shows up to be like, oh, your little fantasy <laughs> island is going well. That's good. I'm going to go away again, actually, at the end. Like that, that was very relatable to me. Like, oh, you're doing your thing. That's cool. Everyone, this guy seems, this is a weird choice for you, but all right. Like if yeah. you're into it, yeah. this weirdo straight guy that refuses to smile at me. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I love that. <laughs> Did you guys yeah. find yourself at, I mean, cause this is a very girly question. Did you guys yeah. find yourself at all rooting for this relationship to succeed? Or did you kind of go, whoa, whoa, whatever, they're two damaged people? Like, I think I was rooting for it, but it's kind of the the obvious route for the story, you know? Like, uh, the book wants them to succeed, I feel. Like, it's kind of pushing them together and emphasizing that kind of each needs something else to be complete or someone else to be complete, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... If I was rooting for anyone, I'd be rooting for Apollo to kind of like maybe be a fluffer for somebody else there for a bit. Why is like, that? Like, well, I mean, it's it's kind of like like I don't root for the high school sweethearts because mm. I'm just like you kind of you need to see a bit more of the world there, buddy. Mm. And I kind of feel that way here. Like I don't think be fear fi necessarily for Apollo. If I was going to like put characters together but i think apollo could maybe find what he's looking for elsewhere in that brothel that makes sense but he's like a challenge for for mm. fee so yeah yeah the thing yeah. with the challenge is once you get what you mm-hmm. were going for you're no longer interested in it so so i'm not really rooting for them but i am rooting for apollo to kind of continue the journey and to end up in another book where you can see dick <laughs> Okay, I'll settle for that. Yeah. I think the setting is really good. Like the the high con- like having this brothel of all these different characters from a bunch of different places and they're all happy and kind of doing their own thing. It would be cool to see like short stories or individual chapters on the rest of the cast. Yeah. Like not just to flesh them out, but because like it's kind of a cool idea. You know, it's like mm. island kung fu tournament but sex instead. Yeah. It'd be a great <laughs> video game. We're getting right. to that actually. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Big Fight Island is coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the fantasy part because, like, like the the brothel owner, he's so compassionate and so nice. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. there's that scene in, in Volume Two where they talk about how he gets picked up from the streets and he's like 13, and then the, he remembers the owner telling him, "Like, I'm sure you must be hurt or tired, but for now, simply focus on resting and recovery." Instead mm-hmm. of like, you know, like you're your average brothel owner would say, okay, take a shower. You're going to start work on Monday kind of thing. Yeah, right? Shake it off. Back out there. <laughs> shake it off. Yeah. Here we go. Well, I mean, this is, this is, this is the world where capitalism doesn't matter because the owner is just so wealthy. <laughs> this is just a dalliance of his. Which is, yeah. Which is great. David, can I ask you about something? Yeah. In this that I thought about and I was like, eh, kind of their own business. We see multiple times that it's like heterosexual married men who are some of the purveyors of this brothel. Mm-hmm. And we see that like Apollo is a character is so driven to rage, be feeling betrayed by his wife that he like beats the guy that's sleeping with her to a pulp. Right. Mm-hmm. But then he goes to work in a place where a lot of the dudes there are cheating on their wives with the dudes who are, who are at the, at the <laughs> brothel. Good point. How did that, 
read to you. Like I actually was like, Oh, that's that on the last page, we talked about how he beat that guy to a pulp for having sex with his wife. Yeah. And on the next page, it's like, make sure you don't tell my wife that I was here again. <laughs> like there's some real weird stuff there. I got the feeling that Apollo is from his point of view, trying to punish himself a little bit, like trying to drag mm. himself for the thing that he did, whether or not he deserves it or whether or not that's actually a thing that, you know, is healthy to think about. Mm-hmm. That aspect didn't stand out to me, but the straight guys hanging around and being so like in demand kind of did. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where I was like, this is either one of those things where it's like, it's sex, don't think too hard about it, or like there's subtext that I don't, I'm not <laughs> equipped to pick up yet, you know? Yeah. But the that's a that's really. I think that actually kind of pushes Chip's point where capitalism doesn't matter back a little bit because they're clearly like businessmen with something to lose. Otherwise they wouldn't be cheating on, in a, on a, like, I assume a remote Island. It's not like off the coast of Tokyo or something. I guess it's yeah, like, but I mean, like, like Maca- Macau or something. Yeah. But dudes cheat anywhere in the world. Like you don't need to yeah. fly to a special Island. You kind of get the sense that these are all like super powerful or important or whatever. And they put, and they, Oh, they do it really weird too, because they give in volume two, they give the lawyer as a parting gift, a card to come and use the platinum card, the membership card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Apollo's friend. And they don't, they, all along, it's sort of like hinted at that he might, you know, go that way or he might not go that way or he might avail himself or not. And it's, he's got a wife and kids at home, so he probably shouldn't. And it's kind of really played very light. But at the mm-hmm. end, he gets the card to come back and use their services. And he's like, huh, how about that? And you don't know that he's going to or not going to. So it's really playing I with wonder... this idea around fidelity. Yeah. Is it a monogamy thing as well? Because Apollo's wife cheated on him. It was an ongoing thing behind the scenes. But this island is so open. Are we sure that it's a secret necessarily? I I assume that it Mm. is because, you know, it's a sex island. And normally there's not like a (laughs) a ledger or something. (laughs) Well, because volume two kind of gets into like uh, the owner's negotiations with the local authorities. And how, Mm -hmm. you know, things he has to go through to try to keep it going. Like, you know, the, the, okay. the official kind of says, like, you don't have any kids there, do you? And, like, you know, like even though it seems like you, you have all these 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 pretty, these white doves <laughs> in your thing, they've been soiled before, so you don't know what they've been into. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a theme that's running through volume two. Yeah. One thing I guess that bo- bothered me, I guess, is a little bit of a, something I couldn't quite resolve was, even though Apollo's you know, he's facing serious charges because he beat up his, mm-hmm. his wife's lover to the point where he went to the hospital. His wife put out a deal to him saying, my family will pay for all the damages. This person will, you know, won't press charges. You know, like everything will go away if you only come back to me and we and you pretend nothing happened and we go back to the way things were. And that sounds like a pretty sweetheart deal, but it's but to Apollo that just seems like, no, I'd rather go take a high paying job yeah. with and fuck men. Like I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, but like it's it's not even that like they won't press charges, whatever. She's like, I won't press charges. Like mm-hmm. like that's like I I would frankly much rather work in the the brothel and pay things off because like I was surprised at how. Um, like literally the only woman in this book was evil. Like, like, yeah. like that, that, that reading of the, that line from her is just like, Oh, that's like bone chilling. 
like yeah. the fact that she's okay with her husband's you know life being ruined that he has to like live a lie and come back to her or else she's gonna keep pressing charges like this kind of yeah. not treated well in bl like i think no. that that's one of the genre conventions that mm-hmm. we haven't that we didn't like we're just seeing maybe one example of so it's a hard thing to say yeah via the podcast but i think uh, you can find that writing if you want to like women are not generally treated well in bl yeah it's what makes things like fumio shinaga's what did you eat yesterday so interesting which isn't technically bl but like it's trying to like address bl tropes head on by like oh the, the two gay guys that are at the center of that story have friends who are women who are like fully fleshed out characters that have interests and lives beyond just creating just creating hardships for the main characters, which is like <laughs> what women do in BL manga for the most part. It's really fascinating. I, I want to see, I haven't read Dick Fight Island yet. I want to see if that trope comes up at all in that, but I think there's more BL in the future too. So we'll, we'll figure it out. I did like the fact that there was at least one panel where I saw a lady's boob. Oh, mm. did you? I yeah. missed that. Yeah. Oh, it was the, it was the cheating scene. Yeah. 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 The, the, cheating, the, the cheating scene. That is going on. Yeah, none of the fighting, but just just enough of a boob. I'm just like, all right, all right. Something for the straight guys. <laughs> I mean, Apollo's for the straight guys, right? He's your stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I was thinking on the stand-in front, and this is just a dumb hot take, but it makes the only woman in the book the only person you can't relate to because she's so evil. Yeah. Like, no one's yeah. like, oh, I'm her, you know, yeah. when reading their fantasy. Yeah. yeah, in volume two, you get a little more of when Fi is a, is a kid, the the like gang leader that's taking him under his wing. You get a little more of that character, and you're like, oh no, this dude definitely deserves to die. Kind mm-hmm. yeah. to the point where like, well, at least he was evil too. But he's straight. He's like shown on panel fucking another lady, mm-hmm. and so like, oh well, so he's he's one of the bad ones too. <laughs> he's he's one of the bad guys that is they call them gross. Yeah. Yeah, and then like straight people are all like, and then the cleaners, the like the Puritans are armed and like murdering prostitutes in the second. Like it gets real uh, dystopian a little bit in that second volume. Like there's some crazy shit that's going on in the government. Like, and it's I'm glad it's not portrayed in a specific place. So whatever, right? But like, yeah. ooh, there's some stuff there. That's that's a thing. It's real weird. It sounds like yeah. volume two shifts more. Not, I shouldn't say this right after all the talk about murders and stuff, but the mystery and the relationship aspect seems stronger in volume two. That's kind of what oh, I was yeah. 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 looking for from volume yeah. one. Yeah. And I, I, I feel a little bad because I read volume one and it didn't have that strong cliffhanger that would make you immediately go, go to volume two. Mm-hmm. But you know, the part where like, if I starts to get like these mysterious text messages where he's, it's, he first sees only legs of a body. It's like a dead body, right? That's yeah. Cool. And then the next part, he starts seeing the torso and it's like someone, so someone's kind of tormenting him with this. And then he yeah. starts seeing these mysterious people taking photos of him from far away. So it kind of builds into something like, and he starts to slightly psychologically unravel from the stress. Mm-hmm. So it becomes more, for me, it becomes more interesting with volume two. I mean, and unfortunately, the way that Boys love works, and we know this from BL Metamorphosis. Sometimes it takes like a year or more for the next volume to come out. But fortunately, <laughs> we don't have to worry about dying before the next volume comes out. You never yeah, know. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> so we'll see. It's real rough out there. Ain't it? Yeah. But 
we kind of, I think, went around the island, I guess. <laughs> let me, let, let's go around <laughs> again and let's get some final thoughts. How about let's start with Chip? Well, first of all, I just want to say that if I do die before the next volume comes out at my funeral, Chris, I want you to say very loudly near my family, oh, and he just wanted to find <laughs> out what happened in his favorite gay porn manga. <laughs> Done. That's all I want. Done. I actually, I, I liked it. Frankly, it's rare for me to take on the extra assignment of going to another volume, but uh, I went on to volume two because I'm just like, oh, I kind of actually want to see where this goes. I found it erotic. Would have been more erotic with Dick, as we've covered. Mm-hmm. But but it's 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 well drawn. The drawings actually get better as it goes on. And yeah, I, I recommend it to anyone who likes, as David called them, the soft boys. <laughs> They're very soft. They're very How about soft. you, David? Yeah, I same with Chip. I think one thing, I'll just talk about something that, that impressed me on my first time through the book. There's a moment on page 40s. 45 and 46 where they bust out the lube Mm. and it's like just a normal part of the sex scene. I feel like in, I don't know, 98% of all street porn I've ever read or seen like condoms and lube are treated with such contempt that this was actually a surprise. Like, Oh, Mm. like this is pleasant. Like sex can be nice. So that kind of feeling is, it pops up a few times throughout the book. It's really kind of a pleasant porno to read. Yeah. And Chris. Yeah, I didn't put that together, but honestly, in in, in straight manga porn, and in, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, no, or, you know, it, it feels too much or whatever, is such a go-to mm-hmm. in a lot of that porn, like the, especially for the receiving partner, which is obviously, honestly, 99% of the time, the, the lady, that it's like, it's someone who's enjoying themselves and sex despite themselves. And it's like, you know, if that does it for some people that like that type of material, but in this, all of the sex, literally all of it is, uh, literally all of it that is <laughs> sex is totally consensual and everyone's having a good time. And the only stuff that is different is, is like, Oh, I don't know about that is like B trying to slide his ass onto an erect penis that the guy who's attached to the erect penis isn't super into that. And you're just sort of like, okay, there's some stuff with like consent there, but it's also in the context of fantasy. It doesn't mean like it's fine, but it's like such a stark contrast to straight manga porn, where it's just like the the girls, the the receiving partner have to feel embarrassed or like, I can't believe you're doing this, or yeah, oh my god, what if someone sees? Like, there's so much like of that in that, and I I, I we're gonna have to read a, a straight porn or two just oh, to like. <laughs> Oh no! Compare notes on it, bondage because fairies. it's so different. It's so so different. Is yeah, there is there good is print? Is is there good? Yeah, there absolutely porn? is. Bondage fairies is actually really good because it's literally about two fairies that just go and fuck every animal in the forest, and they're like sexual adventurers. So it's like <laughs> Wait, this is your good example. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like it's at least it's consensual, and everyone's having a good time, and it's totally in the realm of fantasy. It's not like. I don't know. We'll put some stuff in the show notes for like porn that so is like people are I just want to board. Just want to clarify. Don't you just don't you try and clarify the, the me. manga about the fairies that fuck all the animals in the forest? That's purely fantasy. Yeah, that one's not real. Okay, just just checking. <laughs> you want a story? You want a story? I actually, when I was with the beguiling, 
we had a shipment of bondage ferries seized by CBSA at oh, the border, yeah. the Canada border, <laughs> who are notoriously like homophobic and sex phobic. They're just the worst. They're like an arm's length government agency that doesn't account to anybody. They made life a living hell for a queer bookstore on the West Coast called Little Sisters. They're the worst. So I actually had to write passionate literary defenses of bondage fairies <laughs> to the government every time they got seized. And like, I'm on board. Like, that's a book where it's like, there's some stuff that's like, I'm not writing a defense of that one because it's indefensible. Hot Moms was usually, oh, one of them was man. another Eros book where it was like hot moms and their hot teenage daughters. And you're like, eh, no. But like Bondage Phrase is just fun. Like, it's just this mangaka is like, oh, what's the pervious thing that I can draw that doesn't involve real people? And we'll just go and we'll have some fun with it. And like, yeah, you and you're like, and the worst case scenario is they still ban it, but you made a Canadian Border Services agent have to read Bondage Fairies a second time. Do you have and those that was essays? worth it? <laughs> like, I'll check and see. I wrote yeah. them at the Beguiling on the Beguiling computers. They might still be around. <laughs> but if I do, I'll throw one in. I'll throw one in the show notes. But it, it was 10, 15 years ago now. Yeah, and and Eros published a lot of stuff that was not fun either. But they did publish a lot of. They tried to pick some stuff that was fun. The Studio Proteus guys wanted to make sure that everyone was kind of generally enjoying themselves, but there's still stuff that's like just rape fantasy after rape fantasy or whatever. And it's whatever it's fantastic realm. And BL has that. And we have not discussed that today. <laughs> but yeah, I think sex comics are really interesting and really taboo. And I'm kind of expecting some backlash on this episode, but I, I think that, that, you know, hiding this stuff in the dark or in the corners is a huge part of the problem. I, so actually I want to, why I wanted to pick massive because it would have come it would have come right between this and and Dick Fight Island, and it would have been kind of perfect. But there's no digital, and Chip lives in the woods. So Chip, as soon as you get out of the woods and you're back in civilization, <laughs> you're going to have to go and buy a copy of Mass. Well, for, uh, let me just say big breaking news here on manga explaining. I've got my license now. Passed my oh, I passed my road I passed my road test on Friday, so I can now drive the 45 minutes off island to Nanaimo, uh, the birthplace of Nanaimo bars. Chris. Oh, oh fantastic. Love a Nanaimo bar. And go to a comic shop. So I probably have to special order it in because I think it's not that kind of shop. But probably not. <laughs> but there's there's nothing there's nothing a comic shop retailer loves in the middle of nowhere than make an email from Chip Zadarsky saying, Can you order some <laughs> gay porn Hardcore manga gay for porn. me? <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. It's distributed to Canada by Raincoast, I think, through WW Norton. So that's perfect. So yeah, the, I think that this had a lot of complexities, and I think it came out on the right side of most of the stuff. And I think the third volume is going to be even more interesting because it's yeah, like it seems like it's leading to, you know, yeah, sure. Apollo has a a hole in his heart that only Fee's heart hole can fill. Is like kind of where it's leading, and I I think it's going to go in a very different direction, and I'm very excited about that. Negative minus a negative, or negative times a negative is possible. That was the math joke of that. <laughs> Deb, what did you think? Final thoughts? I think, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I recommended this book to you guys, knowing that it might make some of you uncomfortable because it was so explicit. But I thought it was interesting. And the, I thought the plot was interesting yeah. and the art was good and was worthwhile to bring it into the mix. I'm glad to hear most of you liked it, or at least found it intriguing despite the dicklessness, mm -hmm. which I guess mm -hmm. I didn't notice because I'm so used to the dicklessness. <laughs> no, I'm 
just so used to like you know like the, the degree to which the dicks are obfuscated or like you know yeah whited out mm-hmm. or something or hidden be- in this case hidden behind a bouquet of flowers like okay <laughs> yeah Good. It's just kind of this Good. game, right? It's like hide the dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite game. Yeah, I played that. <laughs> anyway, I am so pleased that this was, I guess, our first foray into really shmoney BL. We are going to go, and hopefully, this sets the tone for our next adventure in shmoney BL, which will be hosted by our pal Chip Sidarski, the long awaited. Much anticipated, Dick Fight Island. Stay tuned, manga explaining listeners. We will be back <laughs> with much more, but not Dick Fight Island just yet. After this, save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are back. And since we had such a great time talking about Birds of Shangri-La, I guess all we really have time for is a bunch of shout-outs. So who would like to go first? Who's got a great shout-out this week? Chris, Chris. let's see her yours. I would like to shout-out the Nation of France for having an awesome manga <laughs> publishing industry. It's it's crazy here. We're going to bookstores. We went to Angoulême. It's just they've got so much. And it's the it's always notable when a manga that we have in English isn't in French because it's the other way around is just like, like they're getting dozens of titles a month that we don't have in English yet. Yeah. It's been really eye opening to see all the stuff that's out there. And I really do think that America, North America yes, is going in that direction as well. Like there's going to be more stuff coming out and more diverse stuff coming out. But I would say France is easily five years ahead on the manga on the manga curve and it's pretty cool to see to go to a bookshop and see stuff that you like thought would never leave japan and it's on the shelves here in france so that's been fun oh and there was another shout out today um kodansha announced today that they're doing another kyoko kozaki book we read helter oh, yeah. skelter at the very beginning of manga explaining and they're doing the third book in english called river's edge which is one that i was really excited about when that comes out i think in the fall i'll probably pick it i think that'll be season Four, four at that point, which is oh crazy. Season four. Look for look look forward to that, manga explaining listeners. I'm just enjoying like I bought I bought a full suitcase worth of books on this trip of stuff that I couldn't get at home because I hadn't been anywhere in two and a half years and I love every single book like it's my own child. So France, that's that's my shout out. Go to France. Uh, Sorry about look, that. <laughs> look, I, I don't think I think it's frankly a little gauche to shout out the country that made you a knight. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you owe them something. I have to pay that back somehow. Yeah, right. This is a that is a bought and paid for. Did show. you bring your medal? No, actually, it's funny too because yeah, yeah, I brought my medal. You did. I saw it actually. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a photo. There's a photo. <laughs> yeah, I brought my medal. Sorry, <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too because you call it. You're like, oh, it's bought and paid for, but it's like I'm pretty sure right now with this episode, it's. Uh, we did our first commercials. We actually did our first commercials that are like 
post red commercials and I've just been firing them off. I've done two and I'm about to do a third one. And so someone's going to come back from commercial break into this where I was selling them something, <laughs> reading it in my voice to, oh, and now here's France who made me a knight. Please go to France. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, that's where the podcast is at. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just excellent. me selling you stuff for two and a half straight hours. That was my shout out. Kyoko Kazaki's River and nothing else I said. Who's, who's next? <laughs> uh, I'll go next. I'll jump on it. This is maybe kind of a funny shout out after Birds of Shangri-La, but I watched Martin Scorsese's Silence last week oh. about Portuguese missionaries in feudal Japan, more or less, not like after feudal Japan. Anyway, Portuguese missionaries in Japan mm-hmm. shortly after the Shinobara rebellion. And it's really good. Like 15 minutes in, I got mad because I was already moved and it's like a three hour movie. Mm. So if like, questions of faith like how your faith measures up to others if your good deeds are enough if you are strong enough compared to others if that's the sort of thing that keeps you up at night don't watch this movie because it will keep you up even longer it's really good really affecting and (laughs) apparently based on an amazing novel Mm. so check that out awesome Mm. chip how about you highbrow with the recommendation yeah it's rare you get one a year for me (laughs) (laughs) mine's mine's lowbrow my wife and I have been watching Taskmaster, mm. the BBC show. Have you ever watched What's that it? About? I don't know what that is. No, no. It's hosted by a duo, comedy duo, Alex Horn and Greg Davis, in which they have like five British comedians do a bunch of tasks. And it sounds really stupid and boring, but they're just so incredibly <laughs> funny and charming. Like just, just dumb stuff like, oh, you've got to like paint a, a painting from like 20 feet away. And so it's just like the worst paintings you've ever That's seen. Ah. Like a really long brush. <laughs> yeah. But people always try to yeah. find oh, ways wow. around the rules and stuff. And if you look up any kind of clips, actually I'll send you guys one that kind of got me hooked. It's very, very funny. And my wife and I are enjoying it a lot. And like my second shout out is like, I, I started watching the HBO show winning time. But like the oh, the yeah. Lakers, uh, I want to start it, and I'm like it really conflicted on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted on it because it's like it's fun, and you know it's got a bit of like kind of Adam McKayisms, whether you like that or not. But also, it's like it's I, I'm starting to feel really weird about watching biopic kind of TV or movies about people that are still alive because they're taking liberties, yeah. and I'm just like well, that's mm. just weird, and like. Because I, I know, like, the, the Pam and Tommy show, like, my friends are watching it, too. And I'm just like, I don't know. That's, that feels weird. That's a weird watch. It feels like deep fake porn with extra steps a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. And, like, like people will walk Whoa. away from watching it thinking they've got the story. Even if things have been, like, fabricated mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a whole thing in, like, magazines about years ago about, like, creative nonfiction where you kind of cobble together things to kind of create an interesting, more interesting kind of nonfiction narrative. And this just kind of reminds me of that. So I'm like, I, I, I've enjoyed the first couple episodes, but I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it. So it's a weird shout out. I'm like, it's, if you're into that, great. But I'm just like, uh, yeah, it feels mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> it's oh. like a, a shout out and reverse shout out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the story of Adam McKay and Will Ferrell in that show? How yes, I have, which is... Yeah, that that partly is what got me to watch it. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. Wow. Put it in the show notes, Chris. It's a it's a good bit. We'll forward you a yeah, link. Yeah, yeah. Dang. 
Perfect. And that leaves Deb. Deb, what are your shout outs or shout out this week? Is there a particular nation you visited that you enjoyed? <laughs> I will I will echo. I will echo the shout out. I cheers. I salute you, friends, and your quality dairy products. Your butter and cheese have made me so happy over the last week. It cannot be underestimated. <laughs> also, wow. your bread, top notch too. What I couldn't wait to read was the last volume of Blue Giant by Shinichi Ishizuka, the mm. omnibus volume mm. nine, volumes nine and ten, which finishes the Blue Giant arc, came out, and I bought it digitally, and I whipped through it, and I immediately went back to the Glenat booth and bought more Blue Giant because <laughs> uh, the next arc is Blue Giant Supreme, which is, takes the main character into Europe. So it immediately became something super relatable because he goes to Munich and he tries to navigate being around a strange country, knowing only very little bit of the language. And he's in Germany, not in France, but I could relate to a whole bunch of the, I'm speaking slowly English and this doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fun. I'm reading this because I'm finding it a useful way for me to learn French a little bit. And like every trip to France, I tell myself, I'm going to get better. I'm going to speak a little bit more. And uh, hopefully this will be the, the opportunity to do that. Anyway, if you haven't picked up Blue Giant, do check it out. It's complete now. You can read all 10 volumes. I, I think I'll awesome. probably pick it at some point for you guys to read. I like it a lot. You don't even need to speak or read French well to become a knight, just so you know. So don't worry too much. <laughs> I don't think they give them to people. I like have me. been. <laughs> I have been practicing very much. Actually, I'm on day 156 on Duolingo. Oh. But yeah, I will say actually, I used a lot more French this trip. For the first time in two and a half years, I actually spoke in real French, and it was pretty good. That's actually the best part about being in France. To be completely honest with you, is that I get to do a lot of stuff I love and do it for the first time in two and a half years. I got to see Deb for the first time in two and a half years. I got to have Eggs Benedict for the first time in two and a half years because we weren't going out to restaurants because we didn't want to, you know, get sick. And so there's just been a lot of like, oh, like exhaling sunshine, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been real good. And I hope everybody gets their version of that as soon as they possibly can because it's been a real boon for my mental health. And I think everyone deserves it after the last couple of years. Get some good time. I did just get a bunch of cream cheese cinnamon rolls from Safeway. So I'm right there with you, man. (laughs) <laughs> fuck yeah oh i could murder a cream cheese cinnamon roll where's my there's where's the ikea in bologna let's go find it <laughs> david is the knight of safeway <laughs> <laughs> oh now you've done it it's it's 2 30 in the morning and now you want me to get a cinnamon roll you bastard <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice anyway from the land of pasta the land of butter and cheese and from the glorious Pacific Northwest and California, we bid you good night from Magus Blaney. Stay tuned for more. We've got lots coming in season three. This has been Manga Explaining Episode 57, Birds of Shangri-La by Ron Maru Zaria. Thank you for listening. For our next episode, we'll be reading Ping Pong, Volumes 1 and 2 by Tayo Matsumoto. Want to pick up a copy? 
please consider supporting your local comic book or manga specialty shops. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. Or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplain.com. And don't forget to check out our newsletter and publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment for this episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.